to the Lulu Logic Podcast. I'm your host. I'm Nick Lewis. Thank you for joining me today. I have a wonderful guest from Virginia. Two in a row. Two Virginians in a row. This one from Virginia Beach. Went to Hampton University. HBCU. Became my teammate and we had a blast. You know what? It was such a fun conversation because this guy does not really do a lot of interviews. He doesn't really talk a lot. But today he opened up about a lot of things. We, we covered a lot of topics from his life to even some of the harder things that we he had to deal with. But, yeah, we're going to get to that. Hey, thank you for joining me again. Thank you for being a part of this process. Here it is right now. Lulu Logic Podcast. Enjoy. Today's guest... On the Lulu Lounge and in the Lulu Lounge. It's from Virginia Beach, Virginia. Went to Hampton University, then went to the Denver Broncos before heading north to the Hamilton Tie Cats. Then we became teammates in 2011 with the Calgary Stampeders. Was a CFL All Star in 2013. Now is back as the receiver coach of the Calgary Stampeders. Welcome to the show, Marquay McDaniel. What's up, brother? What's going? What's going on, Nick? I'm good. I'm good. How you doing? I'm good, man. Just uh, doing what we got to do. Just working from home and uh, just trying to get everything going. Hopefully, we got a season this year. Yeah, man. I hope so. You know, I hope it. I hope it turns out to where we can get some football in. I definitely look forward to it. You know, as a big CFL fan, but. Has the, has the preparation been different for you um, on this front? I mean, this is the first time uh, you were assistant last year in Montreal, and this time you got the reins to the group. Uh, what's the preparation like for you? This was my first, like, full offseason, especially as far as, like, in the pro ranks. Like, I had never – last year I got to Montreal late because I don't know if you know they had uh, some staff changes right after uh, – right after training camp. So yeah. that's when I came. I came after the first game. So it's good to have a whole a whole offseason under my belt, like doing the scouting stuff, scouting for the CFL draft, scouting for the global guys, you know, the playbook meetings. Like, so this was my first full offseason, and it kind of just uh, just gained a lot of experience from it, right? Stuff I haven't hadn't done before, but stuff that, like, if I had to do it again next year, you know, I, I think I would be better at. But, uh, yeah. hey. I've been going with it and enjoying the process. Yeah, it's always that learning curve, man. On the field, it's natural. But uh, yeah. the learning curve of in the classroom, of putting everything together uh, for the guys. And uh, one thing that helps you is you know a lot of the guys personally. Some of the guys, you know, KJ was there, Eric Rogers. We were all teammates uh, for a couple years, right? So how is it going to be going back working with those guys that, that they know you and – that you have a good rapport with. Yeah, it'll be good. Uh, even even um, guys like Richie Sandani was here in camp one year. I was here. Michael Klukas was here one year, and then went back to school. So you know, those guys have been around me. Uh, those guys know my approach to football and and you know the game as far as you know off the field in meetings and on the field when it's when I when it's time to practice. So. Um, but even the new guys, right? I mean, it's just building a relationship with those guys and just, 
you know, the, the vets are going to set that standard in Calgary. You know how it is. Yep. Like, when I got to Calgary, like, y'all guys had set the standard. All we had to do is watch how y'all do things and just go off of that. So, um, I'm just looking forward to getting out there with those guys just because it's a lot of talent. I think from the Americans to Canadian, you know, Calgary always has talent. You know, that's just what they do, right? They keep rebuilding. But, man, like, we got some good talent, good talented American guys as well as Canadians. So, uh, like I said, hopefully, hopefully we can get things going here in a couple months. Yeah, yeah. I like I like y'all's receiving roster, man. It, you have a good mix of speed. Uh, you got some great hands. Uh, you got guys that can just plug and play. A lot of those guys um, the, from the Canadian side, I feel that can play in multiple different positions, not just at Z. You know, a guy like Kluka say, can burn up the field. Like, you put him, I, I guess it's the R in Calgary, you know what I'm saying, in the middle to the field, man. It, that dude can do so much, right, as, as far as with his speed and, and different things like that. And you got you got Colton as well, man. That's Yeah, I like y'all's roster. That's, it's, it's a great one. Um, you hear anything about what's going on right now? I know as coaches, you don't have any representation, so you kind of just hear a little bit from the players, a little bit from the front office. What are you hearing, and, and how is it looking for you? The last we heard was uh... – Yesterday, you know, the commissioner had came out and said, just, just, I think it already had been said in Calgary as far as nothing will happen before September. And I think that was just a league-wide, you know, announcement yesterday. That's all, all I've heard. So, like I said, I'm, I'm hoping it, it is a season. It would be kind of weird if, if it wasn't. It would just be different, right? You're just so used to, especially for me, the last, what, since – since 2009, I came up here. It's been, you know, a CFL season, and I've been, like you say, even if I when I wasn't when I was at McMaster, I was a fan and in the playing the last couple of years. But I will always be a fan of you know football in general. But you know the CFL. So as a fan, it would be kind of weird, and then it would kind of suck. You know, my first year, you know, uh, being a receiver, a full time receiver coach, uh, to not get out there and, and kind of put my stamp on things. That's kind of one thing I was kind of looking forward to, you know, I kind of, you know, took the back seat and just played my role in, in a couple other places. But, you know, now I kind of get, just get to do things how, how I see them and, and how I want them. So hopefully we'll get that chance. Yeah. I mean, are y'all going to get the opportunity to uh, get on the field with uh, your receivers that are there in Calgary or is it, are they going to open it up for you to be able to have that, that right to, to get out on the field and, and do some stuff? I mean, I've trained kids out on the grass, right? So um, to be able to get on the field, let them get kind of a sense of how you do things and, and what you expect, um, is that a possibility over the next couple of months or, or how does that work? I would, I would think so. If they opened up the, you know, the fields, but if not, there's, there's an indoor place. A, lot of, a few guys that were in town trained at um, prior to – you know, this whole COVID-19 thing, there were guys training, a couple of receivers out here training at an indoor facility. So hopefully, you know, once, if stuff opens back up, um, definitely get a chance to get out there with those guys. Yeah. Or you, you would think or hope that, you know, if the field open up with the weather starting to get a little nicer out here, that uh, I definitely get on the field with those guys if, if, if I'm allowed. And that'll give me a chance to run around a little bit too. Yeah. 
Hey, man, you're not going to be out there like your boy RG, huh? Robert Gordon out there in pregame running <laughs> routes. <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 not, I'm not trying to pull no calf muscles or nothing, boy. I'm, I'm just make sure I at least get warmed up first. But, uh, no, I'm not going to be doing too nothing too crazy. Uh, but, hey, once I get into it, we'll see. Yeah. Um, last year, I always had a blast in um, individual. Like, as a player, I hated individual. Right, yeah. because it was like it was the time to get warm. Uh, you know, you want to get the body yeah. warm for practice, but it's just you know it's all those little skills. You know, from the footwork drills and different stuff, and you know, PC always had us running through the ladder and then catching yeah. and doing things. And um, how do you view individual? I mean, as a coach, I viewed it different because I had a high tempo. They called my um, individual VO two max uh, yeah. individual because like we were moving. Right. Uh, we were moving around. I wanted to get the running backs really warm. Uh, I wanted to work on some drills. Anything that I seen during the game, I was like, man, we got to work on that. Or I see it on film like, okay, this is not right. Right. Our cuts are everything. So how are you kind of viewing running your first individuals now um, as a coach? Yeah, see, I, I've always viewed individual even, you know, when I was here is a little different. But just being in with Hamilton those couple months, it yep. was a lot different. A lot different than what we're used to, right? It was it was more, it was longer. It was more working on you know technique type stuff. And that's one thing that you know as a coach, I'm definitely using that individual time as all technique stuff. Like like you said, yeah. whether it's footwork or stuff we need to work on. Like I'm all for warming up. You know, I might go through the ladder a couple times. You don't want no one to get hurt individual, but I think. Uh, you know, for me as a player, I was always a route runner type technique technician type guy, right? Yep. So that kind of just how I was how I was trained and I was how I was brought up in college, right? So it kind of just stuck with me. And I think that's one thing that I want to say lost, but it, I don't see as many receivers have that as 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 much as like when I was coming up. So yeah, that's one thing I'm definitely going to title on technique because I think it's just. As a receiver, the tighter your technique is, uh, I think the, the the better chance you're going to have of beating a uh, DB, especially especially one on one. The quicker I can get in and out of my braid, yeah, create that separation, it's going to make a big difference. So I'm definitely uh, going to focus on that technique type stuff in the individual. Yeah, that's it, man. You know, if you you got a lot of curl rights in, you know, make sure they got that technique down that they can feel comfortable when they get to it in practice and, and get to the places they need to get to and be successful, man. That's going to be awesome. I look forward to seeing you out there, man. I know, um, I know Pete was always in the box. I don't know if you're going to be in the box on the field. I don't know if y'all talked about that. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where I'd love to see you on the sideline interacting with the players and just seeing, seeing you because you were always so quiet off the field. But in the game, you were loud. Like, you wouldn't stop talking. I, I used to think I talk trash. Right. You talk more trash than me. But then off the field, you wouldn't even say nothing. Right, right. Like, that's you go to the media, it's like, Mark Corey wouldn't that's even talk to Yeah, that's just me. I'm just like a naturally quiet guy, <laughs> lady guy. But you know how it is. Like, when you get when you get into that game, man, that adrenaline, that uh, – it's just – that you just get into that, that different mode. Like, for me, like, I was – I love to compete. Like, yeah, like that's one thing I love. Like, you didn't have to get me to practice because I love the competition. 
right? Even even if I was feeling sore or whatever, like I love going against, I mean, mainly the first team guys and one on one. Like that's that's just what I what I like. I just love competition. And then when I get to the game, like you know, I would never start nothing. Like if you go back and look, <laughs> I would never start it. But once it got going though, it, it kept you in the game. Like it kept it fun. Like I didn't need to, I didn't need to catch a pass to be like, oh, I'm in the game. Once, yeah. once the target talking started, it was like, all right, game time. I'm I'm ready. Like it, it's almost boring if no one's out there talking. So uh, I I loved it. Like I said, I loved the competition. And for me, it was hey, you talking, I'm talking. I'm gonna try to get you more than you give me. That, that was my mindset. I remember one game, man. One of the defensive players, like, man, can you just get him to shut up? I said, man, hey, I can't do nothing with it. Like y'all, y'all got him started. Now y'all got to deal right. with it. Yeah, like, they got to deal started. with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, and it was mostly. It's funny. It was thinking back on it, like when I see when I came out to the West, it was a different style of football. Cause yeah, if you look in when I played in Hamilton. Like I had some battles, like Keon, I remember Keon would talk a little bit. Me and Keon had some battles, which were, which were good. Um, I'm trying to think, no really like big talkers, but when I came out west and yeah, started like playing with you guys, talker. it was a different, like Sad, I remember Sass, Winnipeg, BC, like every team talked when we played them. So must just oh, be yeah. a West Calgary thing, so I don't know. That BC secondary when they had Marsh and, and RP and um, all those guys, man, that was um, – Corey Banks, yep. dude, those dudes used to be nonstop talking. Exactly, yeah. But I liked it though. When you start, when you first started playing, what position you play? It's gonna be funny. A lot of people don't even know this. My first year playing football, so we had a we had a rec league, and the, the weight limit was one forty. I think I was right around uh, one thirty eight, somewhere around How old there. Were you? Yeah, I was like I was like twelve or thirteen, something like that. I think thirteen. Yeah. yeah. So um I actually played O line and D line. <laughs> Swear. Swear. I played I played right guard and D tackle. I promise you. I had some nasty, ugly D line and rebox. Like wasn't really the fastest guy. Um, you must have grew up you must have grew pretty quick. Yeah, see I grew up I grew up playing mostly baseball and basketball though, right? Okay. So but I didn't really play football until that. I must have been in eighth grade, so yeah, around that 12, 13 age. Um, yeah, so I hit my growth spurt around, right around, I hit my growth spurt pretty early. Like, I've been, I think I said something to you or somebody else in one of my pictures when I was, like, the tall kid. Yeah. I was, like, the same size <laughs> since I was, like, 13, 14. <laughs> I, just, I just gained a little more weight. But, yeah, I hit my growth spurt. I thought I was going to be tall, but, yeah, that was it. Man, when I was fourteen, I was uh, I was five one, one hundred fourteen pounds. Yes, yeah, I was as a freshman in high school. Right. Like as a freshman, I was playing on the freshman team. Or no, I was playing on JV. We didn't have a freshman team. I was playing oh, okay. on JV at five one one fourteen. <laughs> Ain't nobody yeah, out there. Just everybody looking at me, just like oh <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so I played. Yeah, I played O line, D line when I was what thirteen. I didn't play again. In, I didn't play again until my junior year of. Uh, my junior year of high school. Oh, okay. Uh, my PE teacher was uh, the O-line coach. And, we, you know, he would see us out playing around. He's like, yo, you should come out. You should come try out next year. So I went and tried out my junior year and uh, been playing ever since. I was actually running back. We were running wing T then my junior year. Then my senior year is uh, where my new uh, – we had a new coach. He actually played in the CFL. His name was Chris Bay. He played for, uh, I think, Hamilton one year. Okay. Um, 
played had, had a little stint with the Packers. Uh, he he a D one coach now, but uh, he he's the one that introduced me to receiver. We were four wide, at least four wides every play my senior year. So uh, wow. ever since then, yeah, I've been playing receiver. When did you develop uh, develop your mentality, like how you approached the game and and played the game? Was that was that more in college, or did you get that when you were in high school? Um, I would say more college, really. Um, my high school was pretty. You know, we had competition, whatever. I think I developed my skills from from my coach, right? He really taught me the game. But I would say college is when, like, that kind of competitiveness you, you kind of saw a little bit. That's where it kind of came out. Um, but we were mostly a running team in college, man. Like, uh, two years, my freshman and sophomore year, we had 2,000-yard backs. Really? So, so, like, my freshman year, I had 20 catches. Sophomore year, I had 30. Junior, 40. And, like, senior, 50. Like, it was just like that. That was it. We were mostly a running team, but um, what what yeah, offense so I was y'all What's up? What offense y'all run? Oh, we were really. I would say um, we weren't like a wing tier. Thing. We were really a high formation. It was just yeah. those guys were that good. Yeah, so those guys were just. We had some good backs though, like legit two backs. One uh, he ended up signing with the Cowboys as a free agent, um, and we just had two good running backs. I mean, real real good running backs. So. It wasn't like two – we were still in like three receiver sets. We would run out of four receiver sets, too. It was just we ran the ball a lot. That's all that was. Yeah. You know, I went to that uh, option offense in college, so okay. I have no catches my freshman year. No catches. We, we yes. threw the ball like 13 times a game. And most of our sets, 90% of the time, we had one receiver in the game. Yes, yeah, I would get – I would get most of my touches on returns, though. So I, I was getting a lot of punt returns. So, so I was happy with that. Oh, okay. Well, that's good, man. Did you return in high school, too, or just uh, just in well, college? Well, yeah, I returned in high school, too. Uh, started returning my senior year when, like, when that coach came and I was playing receiver. Did a lot of returns there. I had a couple – I think I had a couple – I know I had maybe two kickoffs I returned in, in high school. And then college, I only returned two punts my whole career, but I do still, I still to this day have the uh, all-time one double A or what is it, FCS now or FBS, one of the two. I got the record for most punt return yards in the career, so that's that's really oh, that's awesome! Congrats on that. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't really. uh, It's funny, my. One in one year when I was up here, I was like, I was still playing, so it might have been 16. Um, there was a game on in the States, and there was a guy from North Carolina A&T. He had a chance to break my record that game, so it, it came on TV, and my mom had sent it to me. So I was like, man, like, for, that just made me, reminded me of it, because I had forgot all about it. <laughs> you got so many, you don't even care. No, no, I only got a couple. <laughs> I only got a couple, so I'm trying to hold on to both of those. Who who is yeah, influential? One in college. What's oh, that? what where's the other records? One in college and one one where? I, th- I think I still got the two point conversion record uh, in the CFL. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I don't have an all, all time reception record or nothing like that, but I take what I can get. You know what I mean? You know, just thinking about that, I, I, it goes back to the uh, I think it's the 2016 Grey Cup, right? That's the one you got hurt, right? Yeah. Yeah. The play at the end of the game, I understand why Dave did it to get two plays. Um, to have the route that you run, you run that jiggy where you just fake like you're going across and you come back real quick and they set the right. rub and, and you get in the end zone and get the catch. Um, right. It turns out 
turn into Anthony Parker instead of you, right? right? Because you were out. Anthony didn't really get a lot of head of steam the other way. DV didn't overcommit. And and Kane made the great play off the edge, um, tripping up uh, the quarterback, um, Red Jesus. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Buckley. Buckley, yeah, there you go. I like Buck. Buck, I thought Buck could have had a good career as a Canadian quarterback, man. I thought he's talented. I remember being in training camp with him. But, you know, just thinking about that play, what what goes to your mind on that, just going back there? Because I, I know I'm skipping out right now. We'll come back to this. But yeah, talking about two-point conversions, man, and, and you caught a lot of it. Yeah. Um, it's funny. We were just talking about this the other day. I was at uh, Brent Munson's house. Yep. And um, the, the problem was the defense actually didn't adjust to Parker. That was the problem. So they actually didn't adjust. And it helped them have a guy when Parker came back sitting there, right? Yeah. So when Parker went in motion, the DB didn't go with him. So let's say we had anything going to the other side, we would have had him outnumbered. Yeah. But because they didn't, they didn't run it right, they ended up having a guy right there. So it was just one of those plays, right? Um, just, did, just didn't work out. I mean, it was, it was, it was a tough, tough play because, you know, at, at that point in the game, we, we score, we think we have a good chance to – to win that game, and then yeah. you know you have to go, you have to tie it up, and then to lose it in overtime. But uh, for me, it just kind of sucked being hurt going into that game, and then kind of getting hurt. Made it made a good catch, made a good play for us, and then I get hurt on that play. So it was just one of those games where for me it was just like man, like just one of those days, man. Yeah, who was influential to you growing up? Like who were you looking at? I know you say you played baseball and basketball and played a little bit of football. But was there any specific players that you just looked up to um, that helped you become who you became and the mentality? Yeah, well, I was a Cowboys fan growing up. Um, so um, that's who I watched, yeah. So that's been my team since since about 90, 91, 92. Um, so I've always watched them, but – my favorite player growing up was Dion. It was just he was just different than everybody else. He could do a lot of things, and um, he was one of the reasons why I kind of like punt return. I like kick I like kick returns, but punt returns was just a different feel for me. It's, it's it's just different than kick return. Obviously, I wasn't the fastest guy, so you know I had a little quickness on punt returns. So, but um, yeah, I just always liked Dion. I played DB in high school too. Had a few picks my senior year. Um, but yeah, just the fact that he could do so much and he got to play yeah. some receiver and was a lockdown DB. And he like he just brought that energy, that swagger to to I know to the Cowboys and, and then won that championship coming from San Francisco. Yeah, and you talk about like I was I remember one time in Calgary, my rookie year, they put me back there to return a kickoff. And I was like, Man, I am not a kickoff returner. <laughs> you know, I returned punts in college and a little bit yeah. in high school. And it was mostly, you know, hey, if Nick go back there, we know he's gonna catch it. We're gonna get the ball back. Right, and then right. I ran a couple back, and it was like, okay, let's see what we can do here. So right. it was cool. But, yeah, it's definitely different. I mean, punt return is like uh, being in a phone booth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I always told my – always told the gunners, I said, look, as long as you got a hand on them, right. I go to look for the ball, if you got a hand on them, I am Good. not fair catching it. Right. <laughs> so don't expect me to fair catch it. Right. Now, if, he, if you beat, now I'll fair catch it. But as long as you got a hand on it, don't just give him a clean shot. 
Right, exactly. when they go to break down to give me take a shot on me, just push them or whatever, and I can make them miss. But just don't give up no clean shots, and it worked out pretty well. You ever, exactly. you ever take any clean shots? Um, not that I can think of, because uh, I was I was never that guy either. Um, but see, back in my co- in my college days, I was in the uh, I was in the MEACs. I was at HBCU, so a lot of those yeah. punters. A lot of those punters weren't hitting it all high up in the sky. Like when I got to the NFL, it was a whole different <laughs> ball game. <laughs> I mean, you sitting up there for, for seconds, literally waiting on the ball to drop. Like I caught a lot of more line drive type balls, so it was a little yeah. easier. But it was just one of those things. Those guys were coming down so fast. You just had to be quick, right? I didn't need to be so fast. Just be a little quick, and then if you see a seam, just take it. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely easier for in college than it was in the pros. And then you know the CFL, you get five yards. Yeah. My first few, my first few years at Hamilton, uh, I um, I returned more, more back then. So yeah, I remember when I caught John Ryan, like when he first came into the CFL. That dude, I seen him punt one, and he he was punting out of his own end zones. Yeah, and it turned into a touchback. Yeah, right, like with the wind in Winnipeg and yeah. that thing. Yeah thing at the ground about the other 20 and just rolled into the end zone. I was like, man, this is right. crazy. That's funny, though, because my first – I would say it was either my first or second preseason game ever up here. We were in Winnipeg, and the wind was swirling. <laughs> and and we, we needed to catch the ball to, like, seal the game, whatever, or he was just punting away. I catch it, we're good, right? But I had never seen the ball get taken like that in the wind. You know how, you know how Winnipeg is. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's I, like I Hamilton sometimes. When Hamilton's old stadium, the wind used to swirl in there. Exactly I remember Sandro the could never kick there because it was like, right. man, the wind's swirling. Right, for sure, yeah. yeah. So you, how did you get to Ham- Hampton uh, from, from high school? Like, what, what right. made that choice? Did you have multiple options? Um, where is Hampton at? Is it Hampton's in Virginia? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Hampton is like 30 minutes from Virginia Beach. So literally right across the bridge. Under you the tunnel. home. Yeah. Well, I didn't, well, basically, I'm right there at home. But uh, see, my junior year, I played running back, right? So I, I mean, didn't, didn't have much much success with that. Uh, we were we were two and nine. Like, really, no, none of us were getting looked at. Then my senior year, we get this coach, like I said, turn the receiver. And I had a pretty good year. And so Hampton was just one of those teams that uh, recruited me. Uh, they ran more of a spread offense. They were like four or five wide the year before I got there. Then when I get there, we get these running backs and it changes <laughs> up. So, But it was just one of those things, yeah. So um, I had some schools, bigger schools looking at me. I think one other school I would have went to was, Mar- was Marshall. But just talking with my high school coach, like, yo, you can go there. You can get on the field right away. That's most important. You don't need to go to a, a D1 school to, you know, yeah. get looked at. You know, they want you. It's a good fit for you. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go there, and it, and it worked out for me. Even though we ran the ball a lot, it, it still worked out. I had a good time there, met a lot of friends, and we won a lot of games. I think my whole college career, I think we lost nine games. Oh, that's awesome. The only thing is, we never won any playoff games. So I got three, yeah. I got three championships. We won three in a row, but no, um, lost no, in no, playoffs, uh, no playoff wins. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember when I went to Southern Arc, they had lost like five games in three years. Yeah. And then we go five and five, then five and five, and it was just like, what the hell is going on? 
But I'm glad we were able to turn around that next year. Uh, it's always good to win, man, especially in college, man. Like, losing takes effect, right? Because, right, sure. you know, college kids be saying stuff, and you be walking around campus looking like <laughs> you got to see everybody be sitting in class. Everybody be yeah, asking that's about always, everything. That's always been my thing. Like, I wasn't really so worried about stats or anything. Like, I've, even in the, even in the CFL, you know me. Like, I, as long as we were winning, like, I was happy. That was just, just my thing. So, I just like – I like to win it. Yeah. Speaking of that, man, like, you go from Hampton to the Broncos as an undrafted free agent. Did you know – when did you know you could have a chance to play in the NFL? Or was it just like, hey, I got an opportunity, I'm just going to take it? Or did in the back of your mind your senior year, did you know you were going to play professional football? Um, it was always a goal, right? I, I, had to, I started getting a lot of attention my junior year um, just from punt return stuff. And, and I was a good receiver, even though I didn't get a lot of targets. Like, I yeah. was just hearing a lot of stuff. But um, so so my after my senior year, I got invited to the NFL Combine. It was actually yep. five of us from from my that Hampton team. We uh got invited to the NFL Combine. You know my numbers were pretty terrible if you ask me. Uh, I just I'm just I mean you know me you know I'm not the yeah, fastest guy, player. not the not the quickest guy. It's just I'm not a I'm not a testing guy. I'm gonna just get on the field and and do what I need to do. So um, I didn't expect to get drafted or anything like. The, the, the everyone was saying, you know, you could go late to undrafted, right? That's what I was hearing. So I knew there was a a, a chance, but hey, I got called uh, by Denver. They had drafted no receivers, so me and my agent thought it was a perfect situation, and they gave me an opportunity. And you know, for me, so I went I went down to train uh, in Florida for the combine, right? So I kind of okay. got a feel of you know these D, these D one guys, my first like true test against the D1 guys. Yeah. And there's freaks, right? There's guys like I worked out with Calvin Johnson, a uh, couple of DBs who went like second and third round. And it was like, okay, those guys are elite. But after that, everyone's pretty much the same. And that's how it was when I got to Denver. You know, you yeah. had your Champ Bailey's, you had your Champ Bailey's, your, your Dre Lies, your Brandon Marshall. You had these freak guys. But then after that, it was pretty much. Was, it, was Lenny there then? Who's that? Was Lenny Walls there then? No, I think that was after me. I was there okay. in uh, yeah, I w or before me. I was there in two thousand seven. Okay, yeah, I, I can't remember when Lenny was there. It might have been five and six. Yeah, I can't remember. But Probably yeah, before me. But yeah, once I got on the field out there and saw like I could actually, you know, compete. You know, it it, it kind of gave me that confidence. And um, you know, my first year I was there on the practice squad. Second year, drafted a receiver, second round. I already, I already knew what time it was. So. <laughs> the writing was on the wall. Yeah, so, what did you do between then and Hamilton? Did you just go immediately to Hamilton, or what was the so, plan? So 2008, I was there all through training camp, and I got released um, right before the season. And so the following the – follow, that was 2008. So the following years when I, I went to Hamilton, um, one of my high school – one of my college uh, coaches had played in Hamilton. He knew Obilic, uh, Bob Obilovich. Yeah. So he knew a couple of us. He was at, I think, uh, some scouts from Hamilton was at our pro day. And then uh, I know I had worked out with Danny McManus back then and uh, I ended up going up to Hamilton that, that following uh, May. Oh, that's awesome. 
your first year, man, you you led the CFL in all-purpose yards. How was that? Just coming in as a rookie. <laughs> who was the first receivers that, was on, that Hamilton had in uh, 2000? Was it nine? Yeah, yeah 2009. Sure, we had Dave Stala. Uh, you remember Preche Rodriguez? You remember Preche Rodriguez? Preche, yeah. Preche was there. We ended up getting – it was either nine or ten. might have been ten. Arlen Bruce ended up coming, but I think that yep. was ten. Uh, I'm sure you know Maurice Mann. Yep, I think no that man. was 2010. Yep. Uh, we were pretty young and nine, so I think those two veteran guys, man, and Bakari there. They came in ten. When did Bakari come in? Bakari came later. Bakari came in eleven. Okay. Eleven or ten? Yeah. Yeah, but it was cool though. Uh, we were pretty young, like you know, we went what nine and nine both years or. We were pretty young. Like, a lot of guys who were just new to the CFL, Hamilton was kind of, you know, trying to turn that corner, trying to build up a team. Did, did make the playoffs, but we just, like I said, we were, we were pretty young. Um, so, like I said, we, we pretty much got bounced in the first round both of those years. Who was the quarterback, KG and uh, Quentin Porter? KG and Quentin Porter were there, yeah. Man, how was that going through that? Like, you know, KG – uh, they were kind of switching back and forth. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that hard to deal with as a receiver, um, being in that situation where you don't know what quarterback you're going to be playing with every time you step on the field? Yeah, it was something I didn't really worry about. Um, I didn't see – I didn't really see – you know, there was a big – there was a difference between the players as far as, like, what they could do and kind of, like, the plays we ran. But, you know, one thing my college coach always told me – and I. I live to I live uh, to the day I keep it with me. It's like control what you can control. Like it's out of my control. Like those quarterback situations, nothing I can control. So I didn't really worry about it too much. Whoever was playing, that's who we rolled. With. I would say I would say KG was more of a passer. So when we when he was playing, we had more of an opportunity. 2010, yeah. I think he threw like five five thousand yards. So um, but yeah, it was. I didn't really worry about it too much. Whoever was out there was out. There. Did you have a favorite quarterback you played with through through your career? Like career-wise, football, like high school, CFL? Yeah, just like – did you have like – you know, just like in the CFL or, you know, during your career, did you have one guy that was like, man, I just – like if you could go back and play one game right now, who's your guy? Honestly, and it's – I mean, just how I feel, like it's both. I mean – Yeah. Just from a – uh, making it easy, being on the same page, just, you know, didn't have to reach down outside of your body too much. I mean, I mean, just hands down, one of the best quarterbacks that, that, I, that I, I would roll with. If I had one game to go with, I'm going with both. Awesome. I never, really, I never really got uh, with Bo too much because, in, you know, when he played early – uh, I was out most of 13 when he got a couple games in. And then in 14, I was hurt most of the time. Right. And so I didn't really get a chance to really do what I do with Bo. Right. right. So but that's good. That's you good. and KG had a good connection, though. Yeah. KG was my yeah. favorite, man. Right, right. I think Hank was the best. Well, I know Hank is the best. Right. Um, I, his skill set was just so different. Right. Compared to what everybody else can do, throwing it ninety yards, throwing, being able to run, being able to 
no, the no look pass, you know, when he's looking here and he throws it out there to you and all those things, man. Hank just has such a skill set that a lot of people don't have. And for him, it was just about being consistent, getting to the place of consistency, right? KG, he was just always solid. Right. You know what I'm saying? Great balls. You know what you're going to get. He consistent. I remember we played um, in BC. He threw, I think it was Jabari an out route. Yeah. Corey Banks picked it off. Right, like the right. first play of the game. Yeah, yeah. Ran to the sideline. Stood it like this. They made the extra point. Out. Went back on the field. Yeah. And we yeah. sauced them the rest of the game. It yeah, was yeah. like – what- you know what I'm That's saying? That's one thing I liked about KG, though. Yeah, KG didn't let too much bother him at all. Like, even even the situation in Hamilton with the quarterback situation, like, he, he knew he should have been the guy starting, but he just, you know, he always had that positive attitude. So, that's, that's just KG, though. Yeah. I think yeah. the only thing for me about KG is sometimes it was just tough for me to see him. Like, if KG was, like, two inches taller, KG might have been <laughs> that, that number one quarter runner. I when just you couldn't that, see him, but he would he would find those lanes though. Yeah, when you run that six yard crossing route, you don't see the ball till it's almost up on you. you. Exactly. KG yeah. got some zip too. KG got that zip on the ball. Did you watch anybody specifically, like receivers or anything, when you first got in the league and kind of molded your game after, or uh, learned how to play the CFL game? Not really. Uh, one guy who really helped me a lot was Dave Stoller because I played right beside him my first year. Mm-hmm. And I had never done the waggle. So that kind of, you know, took it just it's just something you weren't used to. So you just had to just yeah. do it to get comfortable. And he kind of taught me that all right, it's not it's kind of not like the States. You already got a waggle, right? You don't you don't have have to you can kind of carry it. Cause if you watch Dave Stoller, he wasn't a blazer. But he could no. just carry his speed and get in and out of breaks. He was just – he was real savvy. So that's one thing I tried to use. And then uh, you might not know it, but just watching you when I was in Calgary, like you were just savvy. You you had just a, a, a patience about you that kind of you let everything open up. And one of the routes uh, specifically is like the Ottawa Outlaw type routes. Like yeah. I, I watched how you set guys up and you're letting everything else clear out and then you stick your foot in the ground and yeah. get out, right? So – I've done I've done that everywhere I went though. Like even in college, I watched guys who were in front of me. I, I, I tried to take something from what they were doing. You know, everywhere I've been, I just tried to take something from from each guy. So um, just one thing about this game is different in the states. It's just more patience in certain routes. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, and the more people you can see, right? right? When you can see multiple people and you can see how things are working together, exactly. it, it helps you flow through. And and that's always uh, a, a big part of it. Man, in your second year, you had 998 yards. Receivers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that pissed you off that you got so close to 1,000? I know you're already successful because you led the league in all purpose your rookie year. Then you come back and you're like, yeah. you're right there. What happened to prevent you from the 1,000? And, and how, does that, how does that make you feel to know you got so close and, and just didn't get there at that year? But well, most of it was me. Like I was doing a lot of a lot of people don't know or you know, people are always wondering why Hamilton let me go. And my my second year I was just doing too much off the field. That's just the honest truth. Like even though I had some decent stats, like I was dropping passes like left and right. Like 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 I mean, I I played with you, you probably haven't seen me drop too many. But uh Really? I but, yeah, call I was, you the Lexus. 
Yeah, I was, what, was your, what did I always call you in Calgary? Yeah, yeah, the Lexus. Yeah, the Lexus. Sure. Because, yeah. hey, Lexus, you don't never see a Lexus broke down. Right, right. Lexus right. always right. on the road. Lexus always consistent. And Lexus is a nice luxury car to have. Right. But, uh, yeah, I was just doing too much off the field, basically. I was – I was dropping at least a pass a game. Like, I was averaging a pass a game. So, really? it was bad. Yeah, it was bad. And so, it was the uh, nightlife. Yeah, it was just doing too much. Were you going to Toronto? Like, what were you, you doing? I know Hamilton ain't got no great, great nightlife. Like, exactly. you know, Village. You know, but other than I was that. in Toronto too much. In Toronto way too much. That's what it was. So, it was just doing too much off the field, right? Not Just not being as focused as I was my first year. But the crazy part about the 1,000, though, I actually went over a thousand, but Chris Chris Bowman, you remember Chris Bowman? Yeah. He played with, with us. Yeah, yeah, he played. Yeah, he played Gary with us. Yeah. We ran it. We ran it like a, a bubble screen to me, and I had got ten yards, and then they called him for holding, and then that was it. But but look, going into the game, like I needed like thirty yards to get a thousand. Yeah, I remember. I didn't that. even see the ball. I didn't even see the ball the first half, so I'm like, man. What's going on here? Like, y'all, y'all could make sure I get my thousand. <laughs> yeah. So in the second half, yeah. The Did second half, yeah, I had a bonus. I mean, it wasn't nothing crazy, but at least that thousand mark, that thousand yard mark was just something, you know, every receiver kind of yeah. sets their first sights on, right? So it would have been nice to get it, but um, I mean, looking back on it, I take blame for it. And then uh, that's it. So it's, it's nothing too big for me. And you talk about being released in Hamilton in 2011. How was it dealing with just, you know, you come into the league, you have a success early, leading the league in, in all-purpose yards. Then you go through the ups and downs of 10. Like, coming back in 11, like, what was the mindset? Was you, were you just like, I'll be better just because I worked harder? Or were you still in that phase of going out and doing things? Yeah, see, after 2010 season, I was like, yo, like, this – this ain't me. Like, I need to get back on my grind. So that following, so the 2011 offseason, like the season, the offseason before 11, you know, I got me a trainer and just went back to kind of what I what I did to get me to where I was, right? So I just went back, got me a trainer. Felt great, too, uh, going into camp. Once I got into camp, there was – I was already second on the depth chart, which was cool, but there was no – there was no battle for anything. It was just like, you're going to be Yeah, so I think if I didn't have a good camp, I think they would have just released me. But I think I thought I had a good camp, had a good, had a good preseason. Like I said, I think I looked good as, as I did when I came in at, in 2009. Just felt good, but uh, it was already set. So I was in that reserve role. So I was on uh, the one game for the first nine games. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know if they were trying to trade me or anything, but I was on the one game. And then at some point in that season, they just decided to to release me. I think I had already got, you know, played or well, got credit for those nine games, right? So I got credit for the year, but I think, you know, you know how it is. Once you once you reach a certain amount of games, you have to pay your whole contract. Yeah. So I got released. Right before that. And I went to Calgary and it all I mean, it all, and looking back on it, it all ended up, you know, working out for me. So, you know, looking back on it, I'm like, hey, maybe, maybe it was supposed to happen, you know. Uh I got a second chance. Uh, a lot of guys don't get second chance. I've, I've been around this league a long time and seeing guys that do the same type of thing and, and don't get that second chance. So, Yeah, I, I remember I was – Once I got that impressed. second chance, I – Yeah. 
I was super impressed with you when you got to Calgary, man. I just like, man, this dude is smooth with it. He's out here just breaking DBs off. You know, you you work so well in the slot. Like you're really one of those true guys that can go line up in the slot in the NFL and just get 80 yards a game on 10 catches. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. You know, and it's because one of those, you know, you just break people off and you're you're smooth with how you do things. Um, but I used to tell PC all the time, like, Pete, man, you got to find a way to get this dude on the <laughs> roster. Yeah, remember you told me that. It helps, like, man, we got Landon Talley. I'm like, no, nah, I don't care about Landon <laughs> Talley right now. You got you to find a way to get this guy on the roster. Right. You know, because they like Landon as a returner, and he was that extra guy. But I was like, man, look, this dude could be a difference maker. And, and what we I got, I got it, right? Like, once I yeah. got there and I understood the situation, like, because if I was there and I was doing my job and somebody good came in, like, I would at least want that opportunity. But if I don't take advantage of that opportunity, then, hey, the next, it's, it's next guy up. So I just sat back, waited my turn. I felt like – yeah, I had put – well, even, yeah, 2012. But, you know, the, the beginning of 2012, uh, the first game, I didn't start. Exactly. Started Landon. Landon, Landon started right. that game. And he had, like, right. three or four drops. And then next right. thing you and know, that, it was like, yeah. I said, are you ready yet? <laughs> are you ready? <laughs> yeah. But I knew I just had to wait my turn, right? I, I felt like I had a good camp. Even at 11, I felt good. Uh, when I was on the practice roster, I felt good. Felt like felt back like I was back to normal. And like I said, I started putting in that work in the off season, and it – that was that was the difference for me. Was it a humbling experience just to go through that, uh, being in Calgary and, and not playing um, after getting released in in Hamilton? Uh, at that point, I, I mean, you you really can look at it like your career can go one or two ways. It can go up, or you can be out of the league, right? Um, how was it for you to go through just that experience, and how did that propel you into what you did the next six seven years after that? Yeah, I just, like I said, I just took it as this is my second chance and I'm not going to be put, put myself in that situation again, right? That's, that's for me, that's all it was. Like, um, I was just grateful for that opportunity, right? And I, uh, I know one of the reasons I ended up in Calgary was, um, uh, I can't think of his name, the O-line coach that was here in uh, 2011 was with me in, uh, in Hamilton. Okay. Um, you know who I'm talking Sweet. about. And, Glasses, no, not. Oh, not we talking uh, about uh, Gibbs, uh, uh, Gibbs. Yeah, Coach Gibson. Gibbs. Yeah, Coach Gibson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Coach Gibson was in uh, Hamilton with me. So he was in Calgary in eleven. So yeah, put it. I guess put it in a word. So that's how I ended up in Calgary. But yeah, I just wasn't gonna put myself in that situation. I was gonna take full advantage of that second chance. And uh, like I said, I knew I could play in the league, right? So it was just stop doing too much off the field, and, and I'll be alright. So that's all that was. Man, I was fortunate to play with a lot of great receivers. Um, I mean, even coming in, I, I played with Albert Connor, who had 1,000 yards in the NFL, Wayne McGarity and Salacio, um, and those guys, and, and Darnell McDonald. And, and then the next year, I, I played with Marte Jenkins and Cope and Rambo. And then it went from – then Cope go to Serrano, and then Rombie Bryant comes in with me and Rambo. And, and then it was me, you, and Rombie. And then it was me, you, and um, in 14, you, you thank Joe West and, and Mo Price. And, and we had all these guys and Eric Rogers and, and, and Kamar, right? Like, just thinking about that throughout my career, when you look back on, on your career and who you got to share the field with, like, 
how does that make you feel and to know that you, you got to do it and, and share the field with some super talented guys and, and, and went out there and balled as, as one of the best? Yeah, I think when you when you're done, right? You you look back on all that. Like like I know you. I'm sure you look back on on your career, like being you know doing the things you did. And and one thing I've always said to you, like if you didn't get your ankle, if you didn't hurt your ankle that year in BC, man, like like the the numbers you could have put up would have been. I think they would have been right up there, or if not, you know, on top of you know what's out there now. So when you look when you sit back and look back at stuff like that. You know, you you kind of reminisce and appreciate those those uh, just those moments, right? Um, even a guy like one of the best guys that I saw, you know, talent wise, like Arlen Bruce was probably one of the smoothest receivers I've seen. I mean, he, he made it look so so effortless. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, my first my, my what my second year period, yeah, I seen him have a two hundred yard game in SAS, and it I mean, it looked like he broke a sweat. I mean, he just he was just so effortless but um yeah I think when you sit back and look on your career and um see all these pictures and even games that are coming on now you look on on the sideline of who weren't even playing at that time you know what yeah. I mean like teams were stacked you know what I mean so mm-hmm. when you look back on stuff like that you kind of just like man like had a good run played with some great guys and you know Calgary like Calgary just always loads up right so yeah. it was just one guy out one guy step in like that's just what it is so yeah when you look back on it you know talent wise you know we play with some good guys and not being the most talented guy like you know it, it doesn't bother me but hey I play with some guys who could really play some football but you you went out there and did what you did though you made it a lot easier for a lot of people right it was like and I didn't even mention Montreal when I played with Fred Stamps in in um in SJ right playing with Ernest Jackson and BJ True. you know what I'm saying like there's like you go out there and line up, man, and you just you're just happy to be a part of it, and you want to lead the show. And in Calgary, in the position that we were in uh, to lead the show, I remember after after the 2014 Grey Cup, the next night we were all partying and hanging out. And remember, I told you, I was like, I'm done, and you're like, No, you're not. You'll be back. I said, No, I'm not. <laughs> like it's your turn. I was like, You know what I'm saying? You you've been you deserve this opportunity, man, and. I, I seriously thought I was going to retire until I got a call from Pop in March. And, you know, you talk about the ankle injury. I had mapped it out, man, because, like, when I got hurt, I had over 400 yards in, in six games. So I was like, this is going to be my four straight 1,200-yard season. Right. Even if I just do 1,000 the next two years after that, one out of got Terry Vaughn's record for 12 straight thousands. But uh, – that would have put me over where G Roy is at right now. So if you give me an extra, you know, three thousand yards, then I'm almost at seventeen thousand yards, and I probably would have even gotten to thirteen hundred catches. Yeah. Right. So when I look at it, it's like, man, I could have did some crazy stuff. But right. I'm I'm so glad for the for what happened happened because when I broke my leg, it released all the pressure because I at that point I had nine straight thousand. You know what I'm saying? And every year it's like, okay, I got to get there. I got to get there. I got to get there. And you're, you're going through all this. But I didn't enjoy the game. I was out there looking for numbers, and I always had a good time. But, you know, you you see me. I'm just out there um, like an animal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And on the sideline, I'm 
I'm up, I'm down, I'm, I'm whatever. And it, it just kind of goes through that. But after the injury, it, it kind of freed me and allowed me to have fun. And, and one of the funnest years I had was in Montreal in 16 when I did get over 1,000 again um, in my 13th year. So, dude, when, when I look back at, at all that, man, it was just like, what a hell of a ride. But when, when I told you that night, you didn't believe me that it's your turn and you got to take the reins. You're like, man, you coming back, man. I, you, you're like, man, if I got to deal with Mo, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that because I remember you saying that. But see, that's the thing, right? Because you, you know me. Like I was like, – like you said, like you were the vocal guy in the group. Like I didn't, I didn't need to say too much or do anything. Like the standard was set, right? You, Even though you were a vocal guy, you still came to work. You did what you did. Same with Rombi, he was a hard worker, right? So that's what I saw when I got there, right? So it was just, you know, I've always been a hard worker, but just seeing how y'all do things, right? So for, so for me, when you left, now I did have to step up and be that kind of vocal guy, but it wasn't too much, right? It was still, it was more like after practice, like, yo, if it's like, okay, hey, we need to do this, all right? We've been messing up on this. We got to get this right. We got to get this correct. Little stuff like that saying it to the group. So it wasn't like too much or like in the games, like you, you would be like more of the sideline guy or whatever. So it was like, I'm just like, all right, come on y'all, let's go, let's go. Like, just do your job and we're fine. We'll get back into this. So little stuff like that, it was never, it was never nothing I, I couldn't do. It's just like, I didn't need to, right? Like, yeah. like I said, I've always been in a position where I just played my role. And like, so it naturally, once you left, I just naturally became that guy. And just yeah. spoke up more, that's all. So it was nothing, it wasn't like, a, it wasn't like I'm not a shy guy at all. It's just, it's just who I am. So once it happened, it was natural for me to just speak up a little bit more. And, I, that was, and that's always the way that I was doing it. It was like, man, look, you do you, you get ready. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and then I, I just wanted to make sure everybody was prepared, right, to, to play and to do what we needed to do to win and be consistently a winner because you know it's hard super hard to win consistently because everybody gives you sometimes you know you like Benny Calgary you'll play teams like oh we should blow them out and we get their best game oh for sure every yeah. week we get their best game regardless if you're the great cup right. champ or not you getting right. somebody's best game because you're yeah. essentially the measuring stick and even when I went to Montreal I saw it the same way I was like okay I've always done this with Calgary now I gotta yeah. prove I can do it to Calgary Right. Right. And I, and I believe, you know, I did that um, when we played in Montreal. I didn't get the ball in Calgary. I, it was tripping. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, becoming the actual leader per se, because, like, I know you, I know your personality, and I know you're a guy that, that goes out there and puts it out there. And when we look at, like, what Jordan did on the the last dance and, and you look at these things, how, how he used these things to motivate his teammates or to pull them up. How was that with you? Did you ever feel like you had to find somebody or to motivate someone or you ever had to talk to anyone to, to create a, a better environment for them or to pull them up because they wasn't pulling their weight? No, I, didn't, I don't think so. I don't think I ever – um had that problem like I said like for me and and how it's always been in Calgary it seemed like guys either 
either got on the train or they didn't, and then they just weren't here. Like, that's just kind yeah. of how it's always been. So there might have been times in games where it's like, all right, we need to step our game up and do our job, like little stuff like that. But never, never something where it's like, all right, you need to get on board. I mean, there was one situation I can think of. I don't, I'm not going to say no names because people, you know, get mad or whatever. But it's like if we all meeting together as a group, then we're all a group. Like it doesn't yeah. matter what's been going on in that meeting. It's like we're a group. Like we're all in this together. No one's better than the next person. Like so we're all going to be there. So there was one incident I can remember like that. But other than that, like I said, I was there for either, that. Yeah, guys were either on board or, <laughs> or just what it was. But see, that's the thing is, like, I was even there. Yeah. Right? I was even in the meeting. I didn't need the meeting. Right. But I was in the meeting. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. And then he's sitting he in the locker room. Right. Right. So, so it's like, not like you're like, not in the building. You're in the building. You're just refusing to come to the, the room. Right. Because for, for whatever reason, right, so... I, I just never been an individual type guy. So like when, yeah. I, when I see something like that, like I just have to say something. So that's just, that's just how I've always been. And, and I want to approach this with sensitivity, but also just the understanding and, and just try to get your clarity on it. Um, after the 20, was it 17 Grey Cup? Yeah. With you and Kamar. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've always been hard on Kamar, but I've always – love tough with Kamar because, and I've always told him like, dude, you gotta be that dude every day. Right. Right. And um, even, you know, the first couple of years, he was really inconsistent. Right. And right. then he worked on his consistency and, you know, I've, I've been able to talk to him a couple of times through his rehab and his injuries and, and things like that. And I root for him every time he steps on the field. Uh, but going back to that moment and then going back to how you feel about, what you said in that time? Um, I do, I do regret what I said. Like I even apologized to KJ just because I wanted him to, I wanted to make sure he knew it wasn't personal. Like, yeah. I even, I even told him if that was myself, I would say the same thing about myself. Yeah. The only thing I wish I didn't, I just didn't wish, I just wish I didn't say it to the media because the, the way it happened was we're, our lockers are right next to each other. Right. So, Literally, as soon as we get into the locker room, I don't even know if my shoulder pads were off yet. So I think they went straight to him first, right? So I'm, I'm already mad, right? Because at this point, you might not know it or no one knows it. I feel like that's my last year. 2017 was a rough year for me. Like, yeah. my body felt great in 16. Like, I, I felt the best I did in 16. 17, you know, I had – my legs were hurting in practice. Like, you know, I, I was never – never had that feeling before, right? So – my body just didn't feel the same. And so I knew football wasn't fun for me for 17. So I knew that probably was my last year. So I'm like, all right, cool. We're going to win this great cup and I can just go ahead and, and retire. Exactly. Yeah. So when that didn't happen, like I said, it was just, I think if he wasn't beside me, because the reporter asked me, you know, KJ regrets this or did this or did that. That's what he said to me, which doesn't excuse it, but I just wish I did it like, seemed like I was taking a dig at me because they killed me on the internet, boy. They killed me on Twitter and yeah, IG. One of the they don't understand is, it, though, right? Yeah, they one of the things it. that I said when it first happened, I 100% had your back on it because I said there's certain things leaders 
should have the right to say yeah because they're the leaders right and you know there's some things that's happened over the last couple years that i've kind of changed my stance on that but at the end of the day when we're when you're in that locker room and you go to war with people right there's a lot of things that are said and done and you hope people can take it from the right perspective. Right. Right. And I, I thought that should have ball should have been in your hands. Personally. Right. Just because of the situation. Right. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, you have a run pass option. The ball is thrown. You're yeah. up by 10. Three points, you win the game. Right. Right. Yes, KJ wants it back. We would all want it back. And to know that it happened out of a mistake and not out of – you're not trying to throw the game. He's going to score. You're trying to get MVP right. at this point. You know what I'm saying? He scored on the play – same play he scored on earlier in the game. Right, right. Made the one-handed catch, runs down the sidelines and scores a touchdown on the same play early in the game. Right. So, I mean, I totally understand the young guy going out there, my chance to shine, millions of people watching, you know, and it happened. And I wanted to bring this up not as something negative because now you're coaching KJ – and, you know, you were still teammates at the point. And I just wanted to know how you felt about it and what angle you looked at it and if you talked about it with him since. And, and it sounds like you have, and that's good because I know, like I said, I know you and I know where it comes from. And, and I'm pretty sure KJ does too. Yeah, and I think when I talk to him, like, I mean, I think everyone knows, like, how competitive I am. Like, you say I talk a lot on the field, but – you know there's like a different me, right? There's a switch. So in that competitive in that competitive environment, like people know how I am. So I don't think he took it personal. Like yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure if anyone says anything in in the media about, you know, your teammate or whatever, it might look bad or whatever. But like I say, a lot of people with those opinions have never been in that situation. And I would never make a, an excuse for anything like that. Like I said, I just wish the media didn't get it because I feel like I just gave them something, right? Like, yeah. that's what the media wants, right? At that so, time, that's what they're looking for. Exactly. So I gave them what they wanted, and I just kind of wish I would have just maybe not given, given them that in, like, a video form. Like, if I said something later on, yeah, I said something later on. But it was just the heat of the moment. Like, because after that, after that was over, like, I mean, it was over. Like, it sucked. Like I said, I knew, I knew that was probably my last game. Um, and it just didn't happen. So I just tried to be like, hey, it just wasn't meant to be. But I think for me, like I said, when I was asked the questions, all I could think about is what we said on that drive. We were like, hey, all we need to do is hold on to the ball. We were saying this every play of this drive, like going down the field. As we're going down the field, hey, just hold on to the ball. You know they're going to be coming for the ball. You know that. that's the only way they can get back into the game. Yeah. So I felt like I just knew the game was over. Like, I knew it was over. I knew even if he missed the field, what were we up? Do you remember? I think it was 10. Were we up 10? 10 or 11, yeah. Because okay. it, was, it was like – it was 
something where they would have needed two touchdowns. No, we was up eight, I think. Was it eight? Because they got the two. Oh point yeah, conversion. it would have been eleven. Yeah, it would have no. Yeah, but even if he, even if he kicked the even if he kicked the field goal and missed it, I'm like, we're going up nine. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, there was so, only like what about two minutes left? Two yeah, and our defense was balling, so I'm like, yeah. in my mind, the game was over because I feel like, you know, we protect the ball. No one's gonna do nothing crazy. I just knew the game was over. After that play, like, you know, people talk about me running back. Like, I was done before that night. You know how it is sometimes. Like, yep. Oh, you're cramping up and all that. Like, yep. I'm trying to run. I'm trying to run. I'm like, hey, I can't. I can't beat them. I'm cramping up. But it was just, yeah. Like I said, as long as, and I don't think so. Like talking to him, I think. Um, and this was 2018 when I guess coach when I talked to him. Okay. So like I said, as long as he knew it wasn't personal, and I even told him I was like, hey, if it was me. Someone said something about that to me, like I, I would completely understand. I think people, people who know me actually know that. So at least he was yeah. around me enough to know what type of guy I am. And it wasn't like, oh, Quay don't like me and this and that. So. Yeah. Yeah, we all, you know, it's a, it's a tough moment, man. It's a high pressure situation for everybody. Especially That's what people don't understand. 16, though. Coming yeah. off of 16, though, that was made it. Was y'all 15, 15, 2 and 1? Oh yeah, yeah. In sixteen, I, yeah, sixteen we were fifteen two and one. Seventeen we were right around the same. I think we might have won fourteen, but yeah. still around that same same thing. Like all we had to do was do what we needed to do, and uh, we just didn't get it done. That's all. That's all it comes down. To. Yeah. And I think being retired or you know not playing anymore, looking back on those moments, that's that's what I still hold on to. Like. I don't care about stats or – I mean, I wasn't a stat guy anyway, but winning those – losing those games we should have won, and I thought if we play our game, then, you know, that would, that's what hurts the most. You feel like you overachieve or underachieve in your career? That's a good question. Um, it's a two-part – I think it's two parts to it. I think I, think I overachieved just from a standpoint of – you know, my, my friends and family who kind of knew me growing up, I think I overachieved. But at the same time, like, you know, we ran the ball a lot. Do I think yeah. I could have had better numbers? Of course. Of course. There's there's years where I felt great where I thought in the film show that, you know, just I could no one cover me or, or I just could have got the ball more. And I just was never that guy. As long as we were winning and, and, and getting to those great cups, I was happy. And that, that yeah. was my goal, so. So it's a, yeah, I, I feel both parts of it. I think I could have done more stats-wise, but, I mean, it is what it is. You did it. You know, you – the way you talk, you you, you feel like you turned – like, you, you talk like you're an average football player that had a great career. Man, you were a great football player that had a great career, man. Like, you, you're right, man. They couldn't guard you, right? You could play any slot position and go out there and – like we were always constantly moving and, right, and right. going out there and getting it done, man. So, um, yeah, man, I think you should give yourself a little bit more credit athletically, man, because you, you made it work, man. You made some plays and, and you did a great job, hell of a job. Um, like I said, it, I mean, definitely it makes everybody's job easier when you have you on the squad because not only mentally, uh, but physically, like you wasn't scared to get in the box and go down there and block and, and do things and, uh, you oh, did anything yeah. to help the team win, and and that was a huge, huge thing uh, to to have you as a teammate. You know, now yeah, that was just my main. 
That was sorry. That was just my main thing, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I like I like the winning. You go from you go from Hamilton to winning nine games a year to my first year in Calgary. We end up in the in the Grey Cup. You know, to a team that's you know used to winning. So I just tried to fit in and do my part. That was my mentality, right? Just do my job every play. Like that's it. Like that's yeah. that's all I wanted to do. Like it came my way. It came my way. If I got a block, if I got a bomb or whatever. That's just what I had to do. Like. To me, it was like do whatever it takes to get the win. Like, that was my mentality. What are you looking forward to most coaching back in Calgary? Um, well, for one, you know how Calgary is. Like Calgary just feels like second home. You know, like Calgary just it's always a good feeling here. Um, you know, you know the staff. Uh, we mentioned earlier, like smart staff, so can learn a lot from them guys. Yeah. And then like coaching coaching guys that I actually play with, that's that's gonna be cool too. But just knowing there's always gonna be good talent here. And like I like I could say I could actually kind of mold that and, and kind of help those help those guys from the states transition to that CFL game because it's a different game, right? Yeah. So just stuff, you know, being coached how I was coached growing up or coming up through college and the league, just taking things from all those guys and Saying like, okay, I've been there, done this. I, I I think I know what works and what will help guys out, and can kind of put my print on that. I think that's yeah. what I'm most excited for. So like, hitting the field is what I'm most excited for. And like I said, just gotta wait for that to happen. Yeah, well, hopefully happens soon, man. And you know, you can always reach out to me if you need anything, man. I I love it. I love uh, giving back. I love helping out where I can. And you know, I'm a huge Stan Peter fan. Uh, will be to the day I die. And like you said, it is second home. And I'm looking forward to coming back there and, and working with Cowboys and, and the crew and uh, being able to put together something great um, for the city. Because I, I truly believe that that city is, when it's thriving, there's no other place like it. Right. And, you know, I know the team's going to do their job on the field because I know Dave's going to have everybody ready. I know Huff's mentality. And I know the coaching staff you got there, man. It's like it's a bunch of great coaches, you know what I'm saying, with Je Josh Bell and, and Mace and, and Monson. And like you said earlier, man, Pat, dude, Pat's so super smart. You know what I'm saying? Mueller's super right. smart. Like, all you do is – like, just just a, a cut above, man, With the when you look at the whole coaching staff. And, and you tell me Cortez is back. I'm super excited about that. Like, uh, Cortez called me when I retired, man, and I was – Felt good, you know what I'm saying, that he called yeah. me once I retired. and So I'll be rooting for you guys, man. I appreciate you for taking the time to come on the Lulu Lounge and the Lulu Logic Podcast. Anything else, man, that you would say to any kids or young men out there trying to play pro football or anything in life that they're trying to succeed at, any tips or anything that you did that helped you make it uh, to, to the platform you had and, and what you do? Yeah, I, I'm going to answer this question, but I got a question for you, too, that I always wanted to ask you. All right. I'm going to answer your question first. <laughs> but one thing, one thing I tell guys now, right, you know, everyone is, is a good athlete. And even if you're not a good athlete, you're going to put in that work to become a good athlete, right? That's, that's, that's part of the game. That's always going to be there. But for me, knowing I wasn't always the best athlete, like, I use – my brain like football is not just about being physical right it's 
It's about seeing things before they happen. Like it's about knowing your responsibility, knowing your job, knowing how you how to do your job, being consistent. I watched a video with Chad Johnson. He was talking to uh, I think it was uh, Ridley from Alabama when he was coming out. He was like, every team has a number one receiver, right? Now what separates that number one, number one receiver from that number two guy? It's something about that number one guy, whether it's he can catch better than everybody, he can run routes better than everybody, it's something. So I would just say find what, what it is that you can do and just be consistent. Like consistency yeah. is the key to being a good pro or to reaching that pro level or being a good college, college receiver, yeah. a college player in general. You got to be consistent day in and day out. Always try to outwork the next guy. That's that's just second to none. You just got to have that mentality. But football is a lot a lot more mental, especially on that pro level, than people actually understand until they get there. So that's yeah. just kind of one thing. The more you can learn about the game as, as an, at an early age, uh, the the more it'll help you out. And I think you know being on different levels of coaching. I think coaches can help those guys too develop faster you know in the states like i'm hearing stuff in high school yeah. like in college you know and it, it's not the same up here um you know one thing one of my my college coaches always told me was watch what you put on film that eye in the sky don't lie yep right so scout scouting a lot of these a lot of these players i'm seeing stuff that that shouldn't be on film or that i would never put on film you know so you know younger guys take take uh you know notice to that watch what you put on that film because Scouts are watching you or whoever's looking at you, uh, you know, they're watching every play. So just try to go hard every play. Yeah. And uh, so my More question for checkers. you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, that's one thing I've always said. I thought playing was more checkers and coaching is kind of more chess. That's just kind of how I've always, you know, viewed it too. Uh, the question I have for you is like, everybody knows Nick, right? Nick is Nick. Is Nick. Nothing crazy, right? <laughs> Everybody know Nick, right? Nick Charleston. I'm scared state. right now. <laughs> no, it's no, it's no, no, it's not nothing crazy. I'm just wondering, right? Like you do your thing and you still ball. Like that's just one of your gifts. Yeah. I just always wonder if you know how I talked about me and Hamilton doing too much. And I couldn't do it, right? Some people can. Do you think you would have had even a better career if you were just you weren't like Nick Lewis? Like you were more if you were more laid back. You know, I thought about that for a long time. Yeah. I really thought about that for a long time. I see guys like J.J. Watt saying early in his career, I don't want a girlfriend because football is my girlfriend. I am dedicating everything to this. I'm dedicating everything to – and you have these guys that go out there and do so many great things. Um, you know, I was such a competitor that when it came down to it, I don't care what the situation was, I was going to ball. I remember one time, um, you know, my wife hates when I tell these stories because, you know, it, it could make me look bad in certain ways, right? But we're playing Ottawa, and Deron was suspended that game. I was in Montreal. Um, so SJ was already hurt. Deron suspended. And I'm sitting there like, okay, well, I'm about to go off. Well, we had stayed up playing Settlers at Catan until 4 in the morning. We had drank like three, four bottles of Crown. And the game's like at three o'clock, right? Three, four o'clock. So I'm like, you know what? This is what I do. Right, right. And I think I finished with like seven for 91 or something like that. I didn't have a drop, nothing. I was out there. I played well. Right. And 
it comes back to, you know, handle what you can handle and right. do what you can do. Um, I don't know. The only way possible I feel like I could have done more if I would have stopped drinking as much, I probably would have lost weight. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right, so, because I didn't eat. You know, I, I eat once a day, sometimes twice a day. So it wasn't eating. Uh, right. But it was just probably the amount of alcohol I consumed over my career. <laughs> right, so, I mean, is it... I don't know. I like I said. I I think about that sometimes. Is like when I see Jordan and I see these things, but then I see Jordan smoking cigars every day. Right. Right. So, I mean, we all have our vices. We all have our ways. And I always like to reward myself. That was one of the things I did. I said every year I'm either taking a trip or I'm doing something to reward myself, because right. if you don't, then it kind of gets lost in the in the process. Exactly. Yeah. So, so part of the reward was the lifestyle for me to be able to go out and and have fun and not really worry about playing a game the next day. You know, I always felt. I asked you a question. Did you ever show up on game day and wonder if I was going to be ready to play? No, not once. Yeah, See, that's so that's like so that's one of the things to me too is like I could always know that my teammates never. I don't care Montreal right. or wherever. Never had to say, look at me and be like, I wonder if Nick ready to play today. Right. You know, um, I remember seeing G-Roy out before a game. We played him on Halloween. And he was like, oh, we're going to kill y'all tomorrow. I was like, G-Roy, y'all ain't beat us in three years. And, <laughs> you know, and I'm drinking and I'm having a good time. And he's like, man, how you just drinking like this? He's like, we got a game tomorrow. I said, I'll be ready for the game, when the game get here. Like, I don't think about the game to the game time. Right, right. And we went out there and beat them and, yeah. and played well. So, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it for people. Right, for and, sure. And um, it's kind of crazy because I didn't really drink in high school. I didn't drink in college. My, I've drank probably a handful of times in college. Yeah. Right? So, but when I got to Canada, I think I just uh, fell in love with uh, Crown, Canadian whiskey. <laughs> And, uh, no, it was good, but I don't know. I, I really don't know the – like I said, if if that would have saved me – and I don't even know if losing weight would have helped. Yeah. Right? I mean, I mean, I did have 1,000 yards at heavyweight in the yeah. end, in, in year 13. So, I right. mean, I don't know if that was been anything to – help and I didn't have any major injuries besides Solly falling on my leg. Right. Right. So I think uh more I think about it, I think no, but yeah. but would I probably feel better now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah yeah. No, that's 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 an interesting question there. I I definitely yeah. uh I, I have thought about that before though. Like, would I have gotten more out if I, if I wouldn't have drank as much? Right. Yeah. I guess you just never know. But, yeah, like yeah. you said, it's not like you have no regrets or anything. So, that's good. Yeah, you know, I remember one time I went in to see Huff at the beginning of training camp, and Huff was like, have you cut back on the pop yet? <laughs> 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 I mean, he know. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knew. 
Everybody, yeah, yeah. It's just what it's just what you did. Like <laughs> Jabari, Jabari tells a story about when he hung out with me for the first time. When he was a rookie. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I heard that one. I gotta ask him. Yeah, ask him that one. He said, man, he'll never hang out with me again. Not <laughs> that capacity. <laughs> so Yeah, I think I think I saw it in twelve. I saw it a little bit hanging out with y'all guys for a little bit. Yeah. I mean after but, the games, like it was Yeah. I was kind of like um, when you watch Rodman. Yeah. <laughs> right? But I wasn't going to Vegas and stuff like that. Yeah, you weren't, just, that, you weren't that bad. I was just hanging around Calgary. Yeah. Right? So it wasn't like, it wasn't like I was out doing a bunch of drugs or nothing like that. I was just drinking a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted that. Because I remember in 2011, too, me and my ex-fiance split up that year, right before training camp. And I talked to PC about this um, on our on the podcast, um, dude. I was so we were together six and a half years. Like I was like just so different that year, and the year you came in. And I remember at the the team wrap up dinner, Pete stood up and said, um, "I don't know how you made it through the season, coming and smelling like a bottle every day." And you know, Sweet used to always tell me, "I'm praying for you, and if you need help, let me know." And <laughs> Like, so apparently it's going around the coach's offices. Like, somebody's got to get right. Nick some help. And I don't know if somebody's going to talk to him. Or, you know, it's one of those things, man. But, you know, you know people care. Right, like, right. Like, you're, you're in the whirlwind. And I always felt like that's kind of the sanctuary, right? No matter how big the whirlwind was going outside of sports, once we stepped on the field, nothing else mattered but winning and competing. Right. Yeah. Right? So I didn't let anything affect me when it came time to – to win or to compete. But outside of that, that was just part of the lifestyle. And I needed that lifestyle to to do what I did, right? Because that motivated me, right? Like, you don't get this lifestyle if you don't go ball. Right, exactly, yeah. Me, Clay, and Joffrey used to say, um, if you don't ball, you got to go to rehab. (laughs) (laughs) That was our motto in 2010. (laughs) You don't ball, you got to go to rehab. Wow, that's funny. Right, so it, it's cool, man. Um, yeah, but that's a great question. One more, though, because it, it came up on Twitter when they were showing old Calgary games. Best Calgary team you played on? 2010. No? 2010. What's that? 10? 2010. Okay, so you were, you were quick. You, I, don't, I don't think it's even – I think the 2014 team maximizes talent the most. Yeah, like, when you look at our talent, we, we really yeah. maximized – who we were and what we had. Uh, sure. A lot of our guys sure. were older at that time. Like I was older. I was hurt that whole year. I was there was days I could barely do walk through. Um, you know, um, who else? Yeah, Charleston was older. A lot of our guys were older, but when I look at 2010, you had Brandon Browner, Lenny Wall. Brandon Browner was the boundary half, uh, boundary corner. Lenny Corner's Wall's yeah. boundary half. Uh, we had Milt Collins at safety. Um, Dwight Anderson at field corner, Brandon Smith at uh, field half, and you had um, Keon at Sam. Uh, We had Clay, uh, Tom Johnson, who just retired last year from the NFL after that. So we had like an eight, nine-year NFL stand after this. Um, You had uh, Charleston. Man, so many guys on that defense. And then offensively – Offensively, um, our best probably collective year 
I had over 1,200. Rombie and Rambo had both had almost 1,200. Rombie had 15 touchdowns. Joffrey had like 13 touchdowns and 1,300 yards rushing. Cornish had over 500, 600 yards rushing. Hank had 500 yards rushing. Like, and Hank didn't play the second half the last four games. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, when you y'all look at it, a lot. yeah, when you look at the whole team structure of how we were actually built, you know, Cote was balling. Um, Thelwell, like, we had so many guys that were just – and it was just clockwork. We started out nine and one, and then uh, the wheels kind of fall, fell off a little bit, but we put it back on. But, you know, that blizzard and, and just a couple decisions against SAS and TN that cost us. And just like just like you said, man, it's um, those are the hard ones. When you look back, that's the yeah. hard part. You look right. back, that's you the hard was. thing to swallow, right? It's like right. I feel like team-wise we underachieved. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? In Calgary, in 11 years, I had two losing seasons, I believe. My first one in 2007. Right. Right? And it's like – and if you look up – I looked up, like, the whole totals. Like, since – I think in the decade or since 2008. Since 2008 through last year, I believe it was, Calgary's won 155 games or something like that. And the closest person to them has, like, 102. That's, that's three and a half seasons more of winning than the closest right, team yeah. to them, right? And there's two teams – there's like three or four teams under 100 wins. I bet, yeah. Right? So when you look at the whole scheme, it's like, dude, we did all this winning, and then when the money was on the line, we, we came up short. And, you know, in football, you don't always get the opportunity to make the play or to change the tide or do those things. And, I mean – I guess it is what it is, but yeah, I'm glad. I tell you what, when I when I look back on it, man, being a Division Two walk on and and doing what I did, one of the biggest things I, I take with it is, I looked around early and I was like, I want to show people I belong here, and to be able to take the field with the guys I took the field with, and to have the fun we had on the field, off the field, and to enjoy that, hundred percent. 100% like can't make it up you can't script it it's just you think back to the fun times the the laughing times on the sidelines the the crazy times in the locker room and you know it's it's always uh just a joy to to go back and reminisce sometimes about some of these things do you do you miss it at all I'll, I'll always say that. Like, I'll always miss the competition. And like you said, those those stories and those memories that pop up, like when they showed the 14 Grey Cup a couple weeks ago, I mean, that's just – it just takes you back to that time in life. Like, for me, that was my first – like, I had won three conference championships in college, but that was my first, like, real championship where it was like yeah. – like, it felt like everything you put into it or everything you worked for it. I had finally paid off. So, yeah. you just like, you just, and you look back on it, it went by so fast. So like, fast. You know, think about it, like, so fast. So, I always miss the competition, but no, do I want to go? I'm not, I'm not outside running routes thinking I could make a comeback or thinking I could play <laughs> two more games. Like, nah. And last year in Hamilton, when I came back for them two months, I'm like, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm done. Like, body's <laughs> done. So, 
So I'm cool with that because I got, I think I got out of my body everything I could. Yeah. I'm happy with it. Like I said, I always miss competition. Like, but I'll play cards, I'll play whatever, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just me, but you know, I always, I always have love for the game. Like, for, Yeah, for, I'm 100% with you. I love being around it, right? So. Yeah, that's uh, that was the best part about coaching last year. I enjoyed using my mind and coaching last year over using my body, right? To teach yeah. something and then go watch it done. Right. To go watch a guy hop step in a hole and, and get out of there, and to go do yeah. some of the things that those guys were able to do last year. You know, that's the that's the joy. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what you can do, man. You're gonna have such a great impact on those receivers because I know your competitiveness and I know you're gonna raise the bar. Right, you're gonna do it with intensity and and effort, and those guys are gonna be hitting on all cylinders, man. I'm looking forward to watching y'all ball out, man. So regardless, I'm gonna be in the stands. If I'm the only one, I'll be there. So I, I appreciate your time, Quay. Uh, I, I really do, brother. I know you don't talk much, you don't do many interviews, and I appreciate you taking an hour and a half to do this with me, man. This is probably the most you talked in in a while. I know in the meetings with Dave, Dave be talking. I know don't nobody else be talking that much because Dave just be talking, talking. Dave talks so much, he'll tell you, like you said. No, Dave, you've been saying that. I ain't said shit. And you keep saying like you said. <laughs> <laughs> I just sit back and listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's awesome, man. I speak up with, I, I, yeah. That's good. All good, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm here anytime you need me. So that's just what it is. Appreciate it, brother. Well, you have a great yeah, one. All right. Uh, be we safe, man. Boomerang out this thing. Hey, shout out to Cowboys while we're here, man. We coming back. Cowboys nightclub, casino in Calgary. Ah, boomerang. Just different. You want to save 35% on all your future travel? Hit your boy up. I'll send you a link. It's 100% free for you, too, to access it but you need me to send you a link for it. I'll let you boy. This is the Lulu Lounge. Quay, what's up, baby? I'll holler at y'all. I holler.